0: This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to Double Tap for Tuesday the 15th of November 2022. I am Stephen Scott. Sean Priest will be joining me today. You know, we have not done this for a long time. We're going to have a little chat over coffee. Or sorry, in Sean's case, tea. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show.
1: Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Preece.
0: I doubt to divide an audience, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Let's start a debate and a rant about tea or coffee. Tea or coffee? Which do you prefer? Well, I'm a coffee guy.
0: I'm a coffee guy.
1: No, you're crazy. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, tea is the way to go. Tea's relaxing. It's almost dignified. See, that's the problem with tea. If I had that, I'd be sleeping all night, and I am no use to anybody whilst I'm sleeping. I'm, I'm rarely much <laughs> used to anyone while I'm awake, to be perfectly fair, but you know, I do my best. Um, do you not get jittery with coffee?
1: Do you ah, not get you tea, not? you it know? It depends oh, when really I have up. it.
0: No, if I, if I have too much at night, like I, I did once, I came in here to the little office and I sat down and I thought, mm. right, I'll do some editing because I just couldn't sleep. So I thought, I'll do a bit of editing. I'll just have a coffee. Didn't even think about yep. the time. And then when I went to bed, I could not get to sleep. And it was, and I honestly, my heart was going to a thousand miles an hour. And I thought, right, that's. Yes, <sighs> that's not good Sorry, let, let me get that right, kilometres per hour Sorry, I beg your pardon Oh, well done, yeah, yes, well done you Mr F would not be impressed if I didn't say no. that No, you know what, it's Tuesday
1: I, I like I like this, I, I'm feeling relaxed I'm feeling cosy
0: this yeah. morning,
1: Stephen I, I think this is the right, it's the right ambiance Oh, it's the a, ambiance, yes. is it? Oh, I love when we get it's, the ambiance I, I, right I, I, Definitely, definitely, an ambiance
0: that, I have um, to say, we are the least French-sounding people on earth <laughs> Well, we're, yeah, but we're closer to France, aren't we? Well, yeah, that means I mean, nothing, though, not, no, right? It's not far. It's not yeah, far, okay. no. No, it's not far. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, I will say, though, uh, just drawing hmm. back the curtain a little bit on our, our little show here. Um,
1: Drew back the curtain. Ha, ha, ha.
0: Yes. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I relaxed I, you know, I was relaxed. I, don't, I, don't, I think you're forgetting <laughs> where you are. Right, so we... Um, we did it well. I did a great interview yesterday. I put you off. You yeah. did. I uh, I did a great interview yesterday with a guy from Google. His name is Sanjay, and he was involved in the creation of the the guided frame project, the the, the feature in the new Pixel seven oh. phones. Yes, and and he talks about the work he does, and what's really interesting. We're going to be getting the interview on soon, but he is going to be talking about the work they do at Google with the community. So they actually bring people in from the community to not only assess the features, but also talk about what features should go into products. And even like from ground up, not like, you know, oh, well, we have a new device. What do you think of it? But actually, how would you want to be involved in this? And what would you want in your products? And I have, I, I did try to find out what new products and projects they're working on. I think I've got an idea just from his answers oh, what he's working on in the future. All right, Sherlock. We'll talk a little bit about that when we get the interview on. But I really enjoyed the interview. It was just a really nice conversation just to I'm excited. sit back. And it's not like this, you know, it's just nice to sit back and, and chat about stuff. And, you know, it's... Um, Did he have coffee? I, he didn't, no. He had a bottle of water. Because you know he's a Silicon Galley, oh. va- ga- oh, Silicon Galley, Silicon Valley, <laughs> Silicon <laughs> Galley. What is that? <laughs> Silicon Valley guy. That's what I was trying to say.
1: Yeah, very, yeah, very zen and health and
0: fitness. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah, like yeah, us yeah, sitting yeah, here with yeah. you know coffee, you know a, a espresso with two sugars. I mean, I have to say, probably not the best <laughs> option to have. Um, no sugars for me. I've, no, I've oh, very turned good.
1: Over a new leaf.
0: Have you? Yeah. No sugars. Be Mr. Tastes healthy. disgusting. But
1: um, yes, absolutely. Um, I got to say, how cool is that, though? Right, we're seeing this with with the was it the Microsoft Inclusive Labs? Mm-hmm. Um, this yep. this getting the community involved. I mean, you you I, you wouldn't hear about that with Google, otherwise, right? Because it's, it's a fairly small selection of the community that knows about this and who actually gets involved. But it's so great that the companies are are getting involved, getting people involved
0: at the early stages rather than after everything's been bolted down. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? It's it's. There's nothing worse than trying to fix a problem after the product is out there. Yes, with yeah. software, you can maybe manipulate it to get it to where you want it to be. But if the source code isn't built with the accessibility first, it's not going to work the same way, you know? And and it's never going to be quite right. Or you're always fixing the problem rather than just actually solving the problem yes. from day one. Or patching it. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I mentioned off the bat, you know, one of the things I think is great about TalkBack is the fact that they did detach it from the, the, the Android OS. operating system. I mean, that's such a smart move. I don't yeah, think... I, agree. I, I, I would be. Well, I, I know... I, I don't know, but I would imagine that's unlikely to happen at Apple because they don't seem to have done that with anything else. I know you do have other applications like iMessage or Facebook or, or FaceTime or whatever. Yeah. But, but not you wouldn't necessarily expect a feature. I mean, VoiceOver could be an application by itself. In fact, the whole accessibility... Site could be an app by itself these days,
1: but the way the way iOS works with the 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 amount of access that third party apps are given Mm. to the system, I'm not sure that it would. I I don't know. Maybe it could, but um, I think it's so integrated into the kernel of the OS that it would be trickier. But arguably, I mean, if if Google could do it, there's no reason Apple couldn't.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, when it comes to the capability of the device and the capability of our, you know, of our developers to, you know, think great thoughts and come up with great ideas, it does seem that Android's a much easier way in. You know, you think about it, I mean, the Mac is a little bit more open than it was before. Um, it? I mean, certainly. More, well, I mean, yeah, but when you think about, for example, VOCR I've been talking about, you know, I don't think we'd ever been able to do that before. Um no. Possibly And it's not the only one. There's lots and lots of of these little programs that people are creating that are making big, big differences to the usage of, say, voiceover. So, you know, that's new. That's coming in. I think the thing is when Steve Jobs was there, we knew that this was never going to happen. We were very clear. I mean, whether you liked it or not, we were very clear on the path. It was Apple design it, Apple make it, end of story. Now it's a real gray area. You don't really know their position on this. Is it an open platform? Is it going to become more open? No,
1: it's not open at all. It's invite only. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I mean, the, the biggest, I think, concession that we've seen is the, you know, third-party apps for voice-over voices. Uh, I mean, that's the only glimpse we've seen so far of it being opened up. You know, yeah. eSpeak becoming available, Eloquence and the yeah, other that, voices. Yeah, exactly. That that's, a, that's another great example. Yeah,
0: eSpeak as well. Yeah. You know, um, that's so come there before.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to say we couldn't see, you know, acapella voices as an app coming in, and those voices would then be available through the voiceover speech settings. So, uh, yeah, they they definitely opened the door a little bit more.
0: I know I get really excited about VOCR, and I've been talking about it, but I cannot tell you the difference it makes using the Mac with it. So, I was on, um, what was I doing the other day? I oh, it was a, it was an application called Descript, which is a really interesting application, and, oh, and basically, yes. I was telling you about this, right? It's it's so cool. So, what you do? is you, I have to put the caveat out there, it's not accessible. This is the bummer for us. Um, But I was watching a video on YouTube about it, and the guy was saying, so what you do is you record, I don't know if you record or you upload or it tells you, I don't know how it works, but basically you have to upload an amount of your voice to the system so it can begin to learn what you sound like. And then what it does is it can help you. So when you're recording a podcast, say, I can start recording, but instead of it coming up as like a waveform, you would like you would get on, say, Audition or Reaper or Audacity or whatever else, it actually brings up the text. So it live transcribes it for you. And in order to edit it, you just edit the text. So if I say, um, Amazing. well, and then I continue, I can take the um and the well out just by deleting the text. And it just tidies up. But if that was all it did you would be still amazed, yeah. right? That's brilliant. But actually, yep. it does one more thing, which is just wild. So in the demonstration, the guy goes, oh, now look, you know, I've, I've said at the beginning of this, it's episode number 403, and it's actually 401. So I've made a mistake. He said, now what I'd have to do is, uh, on an editor, I'd have to go in, I'd have to re-record the line, hope I can make it fit, edit it into that bit. He says, but not with the script, because what you do is, you go in, and you change the text on the t- on the actual text on the document in front of you, mm-hmm. you change it from episode 403 to 401, and you hit the play button, and it plays it back in your voice, reading the yep. correction. And it sounds so good, right? I mean, you know, I don't know how much audio he uploaded,
1: but it was more well, than he that, reco- right? So he, he
0: uploaded 45 minutes, right? And he said, yep. if I had done more... It would sound better, he said. I think you can do up to three hours. And what he he was saying was that he did forty five minutes. And when you do that very quick, something like that, just like almost like a a a small adjustment, you really can't tell. You actually can't tell. When he typed out a full sentence and played it back, it did sound a bit different. It was sounded exactly what I was, but not going to say. Yeah,
1: You could tell it was a bit disjointed, it was a bit TTS. That was, uh, would you like to subscribe, like, and click, click yes. the bell button or whatever yeah. it was. And it, it sounded just a little bit, but for that little, you know, little odd word, it was absolutely amazing. And again, only 45 minutes of audio he uploaded. Um, you know, we are so there. Deep fakes is a thing. I mean, yes. it's a reality. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's scary and amazing and exciting and frightening all at the same time. Yeah.
0: I couldn't put it better, yeah. And that's exactly how it feels. I mean, because you, you, I don't know how I feel about it. In a way, I think, wow, to be able to edit in text form? That sounds so cool. And that, that's what I'm thinking about. Now, I did try the app, and this is where VOCR comes in, because I couldn't, it just didn't read anything. So what happens on a Mac usually is when something's not accessible and VoiceOver just can't read it, You, all you're able to get to is the close, minimize, and maximize buttons, and that's it. It just goes around that in a cycle, and, and you can't yeah. get into the window. But I thought, hey, I've got VOCR. And it did. It read everything. I was able to activate all the different tick boxes and be able to sign wow. up and all that. I could do all. Now, look, I'll be honest. The problem is that every time, so, so I was going through a setup process, right? So the first thing was, you know, make sure you, you click Next, accept terms and conditions, that kind of thing. So you do that, and then it moves on to the next screen. You then have to scan that whole screen again because it's you're having to scan each instance of yeah. the or each screen as you go. So that's the only thing. It does take a bit longer. And then I'm thinking to myself, if I have to do this to use this application, this is going to be a nightmare. Of so course. that yes. is. So practically, VOCR is is useful to get you somewhere, but I wouldn't necessarily want to be using it every day like that. That would just be... I I know some people might, but I I find that quite awkward. If you can get it through the setup process, if a setup process...
1: Like with Parallels, right? You get through the setup process and you're Mm. pretty much set. That's exactly Exactly. what it's for. And the way it does it, absolutely amazing. I'm I'm not entirely sure how they do it. It's beyond me, but, I mean, great job, right?
0: Well, it's made such a difference. And it has made applications that I couldn't use before, you know, accessible. I've found... um, drop-downs on the menus extra, on the status menus, as they call them now, um, that wouldn't read. They now read fine. I can now use VOCR to what? read those.
1: I would love to see a demo of you just installing VOCR and just a quick demo of something like that. That would be amazing. Never mind going through the Parallels thing. You know, just mm. using VOCR for
0: something like that. Fantastic. Well, the thing is, when, when I do the VOCR, and I've been doing the, the, the Parallels thing this week, but I, the Parallels thing is actually not as difficult as, as you would think. Just the point is... That if you don't have VOCR, what you've got in front of you is just inaccessible. It's like someone who uses a wheelchair sitting in front of a set of stairs, saying, "Okay, now what? How do I go yeah. up these stairs? Yeah. Right? I, there needs to be a way for me to to get there." It's not that it, it's it's not that long a distance, right? It's just that you can't do it. Yeah. Um, so this is the kind of thing with us. It's like that's the, the the blind equivalent to that is you just reach this brick wall, and if you could just get over it. You'd be fine, and then once you're past yeah. it, you know you can install the the software and all the rest. So yeah, we'll be demoing that. We maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. Actually, maybe we will. Maybe we'll just That'll be run very good. It. Yeah, and I'll do VOCR as well because I think that's that's such a cool feature. It's such a cool little application. Yes. Um, listen, I want to talk through some of the emails today because obviously, since we've talked about Twitter and the the whole sorry saga of Elon Musk buying this thing. Um, we've had a lot of response. And some of it is um, pro, some of it's not pro. (laughs) Um, Elon Musk, it's fair to say. I I want (laughs) to start off with an email from David Elliott, who writes in. He says, hey, guys, I fully understand the desire to leave Twitter to make a statement when they are not making decisions that you agree with. When they made the decision to censor the President of the United States, I was very concerned and left Twitter to try and make a statement that I don't think they were making a good move. After the last few years of watching pretty much all of the social media platforms decide what is uh, acceptable to even question, i.e. COVID, Trump, vaccinations, I was glad to see Elon Musk purchase Twitter and take back at least one of the platforms. I don't think you have to be a liberal, conservative, or anywhere in between to be alarmed when people are silenced for asking questions or showing concern about major events or issues that affect us all. While accessibility is very important to me, I would give up some of it for the much more important issue of free speech. Thank you for all that you do and share on a daily basis. You are appreciated and valued by this blind guy.
1: Well, thank oh, you, David. Thank
0: you. And I'm yeah. reading them because I, I didn't send these to Laura in time, so I'm I'm taking the hit. It's my own fault. So it's I'm your own fault. It. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, there'll be a, a ten minute rather break, break rather Laura. <laughs> I think you would. Um, I know you would. But yes. Um, so, I mean, th- this is interesting because from from David's point of view, he's saying he would give up accessibility or at least some of it for the much more important issue of free speech, which I think is really interesting. I don't know, I don't know if i go that far, but I think I don't disagree with the statement. I mean, I, I, I do have an issue here with people when, when they talk about the, the free speech argument because to me, free speech means that you hear things from other people you don't necessarily agree with. You're allowed to say what you think, and they're allowed to say what they think. Now, you don't have to agree with it. That doesn't mean that you are, you know, in agreement with what they say. But I think in a society, it is important that we don't hide away people who have abhorrent views, because I think that actually creates a worse situation. So let's say, for example, everybody who is uh, who are, are, you know, and I'm not, I don't mean to just generalise like that, but let's just say the far right, okay, they all disappeared off to 4chan, which seemed to happen, right? 4chan was the social network where, you know, Repub- a lot of Republicans, real diehard Republican Americans would, you know, go off and, and go on there. And it was kind of closed off to that group. Now, is that a good thing? So they all go off there and they talk about all their horrible thoughts and all their terrible things that they think. Is that better than it being in the public square where everyone can see it, where everyone can see the person saying it, that we can have a debate, a discussion? Yes, okay, granted, it may not go anywhere, but at least it's in the public eye. And this is my thing about the free speech argument, right? So that's one thing, except, you know, free speech is one, um, which I think we have to consider. I don't know where you stand on this, Sean. I don't even know if you... I know. I know. As soon as I, you bring up free speech, everyone gets terrified, right? Everyone's like, "Oh, I don't no, know." What's no,
1: it. no, no. It's just it, there's no clear answer to it, is there? I, and it, it's difficult. I agree that you know you shouldn't silence someone just because they have a difference of opinion. The trouble we've had recently over the over the years is that someone saying "I'm just asking the question" means that they can say anything, even if it's not true. And that's where I think I draw the line. When someone says disinformation. That's not someone disagreeing with my point of view, or you know whatever it may be. No matter what the politics is, it's someone posting something, and it's utterly, um, it's utterly untrue, and that's why I have a problem with. And I see that so often, and yet it gets passed as, "Oh, you're trying to shut me down." No, no, that is simply. Not the case. I mean, I'm thinking about things like you know, 5G causing whatever else. I mean, patiently, the vaccine's
0: got a a, a bug in it, but yeah, we're all going to yeah, be
1: monitored. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, this nonsense. is demonstrably untrue, but I, I I think that's absolutely fine to be. I would have banned Trump for the 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 post about you know knife crime in a certain part of the UK that he took from a far right. Uh, group, which was utter nonsense. Mm. Yeah, that, that was supposed to... And I see that as disinformation, and I think disinformation shouldn't be out there. Now, if someone wants to have a, a, a debate about something and put their point of view over, that's absolutely fine, and that should
0: never be silenced, and uh, yeah, free speech is important. But I, I would argue it's, it's one and the same, right? I mean, if somebody has a view on something, it,
1: you know, it, it's, it kind of... Yeah, but there's some things you can factually prove and and
0: actually disprove as well yeah, and but that doesn't big, matter to a lot of people there are a lot of people who just do not care about that right and and this yeah, but is it the, should be it should be if some no, proven it, but, to but, be
1: factually but, incorrect then the problem is well, sorry, if you, you can't
0: keep putting that out if you end up in a situation where you're because you are silencing people then you are saying well i'm silencing you because you're i disagree with this view or you know you know and and this is just garbage there's nothing wrong with silencing the odd people there there, are times if they go off onto another network and they all just spout their nonsense there what you create is an echo chamber which grows in confidence about their nonsense the flat earth society is a great example of this right there's people who actually believe now look i can have a laugh about this but, you know, these people are not... I mean, I imagine there are groups on Facebook or, you know, some other social network or, you know, some other platform that they're all gathering together and discussing their theories about it. But they are on those those Twitter platforms where people are saying, look, I'm sorry, this is garbage. And, you know, I don't... I, again, it comes back to this point I have, and I, I bring this up a lot about, you know... And I, I know I keep talking about personal responsibility, but it's so important that you... Try and take some responsibility. I have to say, anybody who tells me they get their news from Facebook or Twitter, I tend to get a little bit worried anyway because I don't often know what they mean by that. You know, is it that's a shared article from a, re- a reputable news source or is it from I have crazy and, you know, here are my crazy ideas of the day, top five? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's what kind of worries me. I don't know how we get out of this cycle. I mean, I, I think part of it is, I don't, is that news I don't know is how free. We got here. Well, I think, I think news being free doesn't help um because i think that what happens is that the mainstream news gets mixed in with all this garbage that's online and people just take it and you know they run with it and they just they just go off and do it it.
1: presentation is it because you know anyone could put up a website i mean we can produce quite slick looking videos and produce the slick sounding audio maybe that's it no one knows quite What's
0: real and what's not? I I, I don't know. It, it's just so worrying, though. But back to the other point David makes. Accessibility is very important to me. I would give up some of it for the much more important issue of free speech. Where do you go on that one? It's interesting. I did see,
1: funnily enough, on Facebook, I saw some posts saying, almost celebrating, uh, here's the snowflakes shouting about the accessibility team disappearing from Twitter. Um, You know, Elon's the greatest, and uh, I'm sure he'll get it get them back when, if, when, and if needed. And what did they do for us anyway? So not everyone was, um, you know, oh, up in arms about the accessibility team. And I, I think it's kind of the same thing. It's more that they want to see uh, the platform opened up for free speech. Uh, they're not mutually exclusive anyway. I don't think. Well, I was they're, just
0: going to say, yeah, they're not. It they're doesn't not really matter. No. Yeah. They they can both live side by side, and they should. Um yes it, it's just really difficult you know and i think that the I, I heard someone at the weekend talking about this the the whole Donald Trump thing i think i mentioned it yesterday um but the whole kind of Donald Trump coming back to twitter would be a you know a, a deal breaker for them and i'm thinking really i mean so you see, you're against. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a Trump person. I'm not interested in Trump. I'd rather he, I'd rather he just took whatever money he has or lives in something so like much and just disappear off into Mar-a-Lago and play golf all day and just go do that. You know, stop annoying people. Um, and and part of me feels that the recent election results might be, you know, the death knell for him in regards to that. I really, it's either going to do one of two things. It's either going to buoy him up to say, hey, we're going to do this. And we're going to go for it in 2024 or he'll disappear off and Ron DeSantis is the next Republican candidate in America and we can all breathe Mm. a little bit. Although in saying that, if you know much about the policies of Ron (laughs) DeSantis, you might not be breathing (laughs) in and out that easily. Um, So, yeah, this is the the problem, right? Um, I want to move on to another email, though, David. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. And this is a topic which, you know, it's a real, it's at the heart of, you know, society, frankly, because Twitter is that important these days. And... Facebook and all these social platforms. I mean, I have to say, I come from a generation that didn't think any of this mattered. Um, so, you know, if it went away tomorrow, I don't think I'd miss it. I really don't. I think I'd just move on with my life. But I don't think that's the case for a lot of people born, say, in the 2000s, you know, or even the late 90s. I don't think that's the case because they grew up mm. with all this. But um, Greg writes in, our old Greg, Pennsylvania Greg, and needless OGP. to say- yeah, I think you'll be not too surprised to learn he's on the other side of this argument. He says, hello, tappers. Regrettably, this email has nothing in it about technology and blindness, which I presume is OK, as the Double Tap show has not seemed to be much about technology and blindness lately either. OK, so we're, off. we're off to a good start then. Uh, he says, yep. I am baffled that Stephen does not see using Twitter as supporting that advertising fueled platform as he essentially discounts the teaching and social activism of John Woolman, Mahatma Gandhi, uh, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, and so many others. Stephen was surprisingly surprised that Musk fired the human rights and accessibility teams. He clearly does not and never has cared about either issue. Some months, months some months ago, when uh, Mark was fawning over Elon Musk, I suggested you all listen to season two of the podcast, The Last Archive, by Jill Lepore, which explores how Elon Musk developed his worldview of a small elite serviced by a mass of underclass humanity. A little bit of knowledge and understanding of your topic of discussion could go a long way. Okay, I'll pause there for a second because um, (laughs) there's plenty to pick up on that one. Um, You know, I I don't really get your point, if I'm honest, Greg. I don't really know what you're telling me here. Are, Are you saying that I'm against... Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks if I stay on Twitter I mean I'm confused if I'm honest Um, what am I supposed to I mean how how is how is using Twitter the same as discounting all those people Um, help me out in this Sean I'm confused
1: well you know uh, um, uh, Robin and myself disagreed with you in the one person can't make a difference if you choose to leave Twitter that's the disagreement we were having I think that's what Greg is picking up on
0: um, Am I Martin still... Luther King in this story, or I mean, it feels a little bit disingenuous. Well,
1: Mahatma Gandhi and Rosa Parks <laughs> well, you know, argue that if if one person doesn't stand up, then no one will stand up, right? Someone needs to make a stand, and if it's not starting with ourselves, then who is it?
0: 396 million people who are using I Twitter. Just, I'm not just going over that. this
1: argument again. We had this on Friday.
0: I know, but I'm just saying um, 396 million. So if I leave... <laughs> I think it's still three hundred and ninety-six million at that point. Yes, so, but maybe you
1: know, then I will say, you know what, Stevens left, and I, I admire that. I'm going to leave as well, and then maybe Robin does, and then maybe blah blah blah, and it's a domino it's still effect. Still three hundred ninety-six
0: million, probably at that point. Because uh, yeah, you know, it's, well, it's three hundred ninety-six well, million dot 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 something else, right? I mean, it's not every just, like, race four. starts
1: with a first step, right? <sighs> Thank you. Another vacuous uh, <laughs> philosophy from Sean. But no,
0: I, I agree. I honestly agree. One person can make a difference. You know, it's funny. I was watching a documentary about Elon Musk the other night and, you know, you could make the argument of watching that. I was thinking about this argument actually about one person changing the world. Some would say he is that person. He is changing the world with SpaceX, with Tesla, with the work he's now doing at at Twitter, arguably. Um, And even then I think, no, because, you know, he's not doing it alone. It's not one person makes the difference. And I think, I will say, I I think it's a little bit um, of a false equivalency to bring up people, you know, wonderful people in the world like Candy, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, because they were fighting for something which, you know, in civil rights or whatever it was, they were fighting for something that was deeply important and it needed a leader. It needed someone to take lead. I don't feel we're in that position with Twitter. I just, I don't, I don't, I can't compare the two, because arguably okay. the thing, the thing I would say is that what we're fighting for here is free speech, right? So if you're for free speech, then you'd be the one, you'd you'd want to be on that side of the argument, no? Unless you don't believe in um, free speech. I don't know. I mean, if if you're not into free speech, then fine. But you know, that's really what we're arguing about here.
1: I think, if you say so. Now, Greg goes on. He says, Well, Greg Greg
0: goes on here. He says, Regarding your argument that leaving Twitter will make no difference, I'm afraid you completely missed the point. Whether or not leaving Twitter is a successful agent of change is not the essential point. Okay, so now it's not important. Okay, fine. Uh, He says, Individuals must decide for themselves if living an ethical life is consistent with remaining or if leaving is more consistent with their values. If the policies Elon Musk enacts don't enact or reflect your values, Leaving is entirely appropriate. If they are not inconsistent with your values, then by all means stay. It is all up to your own conscience and how you choose to live your values in your life. And if enough people live their values the same way, sometimes they impact the wider world. Regardless of the global outcome, how you choose to act impacts your personal life and character. So I implore you to reconsider your commentary, says Greg in Pennsylvania. Okay. Now, I think you
1: can agree with that, couldn't you? If you find it offensive or it goes against your whatever principles, whatever word you want or term you want to put on it to stay on Twitter, um, then you should leave. You would agree with that? Yes. I'm I'm not arguing that that anybody
0: stay or go. I'm just saying it doesn't make any difference.
1: All I'm looking for (laughs) is, no, I'm looking for common ground in in what what Greg's email here
0: and, and you. And I think we can all agree what Greg says there at the end absolutely true well up, up the, until the point where he says i would implore you to reconsider your commentary suggesting that i'm wrong and he's right because that doesn't make any sense because if well, you're that, saying the, well look it's 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 down to your values whether you start, stay or go that's fine if we stop there i'm with you totally but the yes, idea of stopping there but, but actually <laughs> uh you know what this is basically suggesting that your values are all to cock and you know and i don't, I don't agree with that I oh, we can disagree with that. We can disagree. That is free speech at its essence, right? Exactly. Now that we can okay. agree on. Uh, oh. Okay, thank you, Greg. Always good to get your emails. Like, stick around because there's more to come and also more chat to come on Mastodon because obviously that was the other big story of the week last week. Uh, everyone making the switch over. So we're going to talk about that next. Stick around. This is Double Tap. Send us your feedback to feedback
1: at doubletaponair.com Leave us a voicemail at one 803 You're listening to Double Tap
0: This is Double Tap Now, back to the show That's nice today, isn't it? We're just catching up with the emails, going through it, chatting over what's been happening over the past week Because it's been a bit of a wild week last week, let's be honest it's been a bit of a wild first half. I'm a little bit tense now. Oh no, it's fine. We're all friends it's all, here. It's all even fine. Pennsylvania Absolutely. Greg. He loves us. Well, oh, loves well you. He, he knows his he, stuff. He's very about me very much. Very clever. Well, exactly. That's right. all. All our audience are smart people. Yeah, look at the emails we get. I mean, these are smart people. I can write an email like this. No. Talking of which, is there another yeah, one? There is uh, this one comes in from Alan, who writes in. Now, he says, thanks for the informative Mastodon chat over the past week. I did go and sign up. Unfortunately, even though I'm pretty tech savvy, the sign-up process crashed. And thinking that it hadn't worked, I went and signed up again, picked a different server, and managed to create two instances instead of one. I <laughs> think I've followed Yes. Well, you're not alone in that one. I think i followed the correct process for moving one of them into the other one, though I'm still not totally certain. Which leads me to my main point, which is that in its current state, Mastodon brings with it a level of technical complexity that would discourage lots of your average Twitter users from even getting signed up. Even looking down the initial list of servers, many of them have names that scream, this place is for people who know what they are doing. <laughs> like it or loathe it, Twitter brings with it a simplicity that makes it accessible in the broadest sense to everyone. I love the show. Alan. Uh, well, look, thank you, Alan. That's really a great email because I I have to say, I was a little bit confused. Although, as confused as I was, I still managed to get in and get signed up. And I, the server thing threw me a little bit. I still don't really understand the whole instance thing. It's like, am I getting access to all the instances, or is it just one I'm on? I don't really know what the federated thing is. It feels a bit terrifying. Versus wow. the local, versus the home. I, I still I don't know what yet. I'm looking at and where. <laughs> it's all a little bit confusing, to me. I be, hear this
1: all the time though people are confused by it which just goes to show that uh, alan's point there was absolutely correct people are confused by it um i don't think it's quite ready for prime time right especially at, at the numbers they, they seem to have been swamped and so many of these servers are are not coping well so um but it's early days you know maybe because of the extra numbers they'll get some extra investment maybe i don't know i'm not entirely sure how it's you know, it's controlled as it's decentralised. I don't know, but it's um, individual,
0: isn't it? So it could be. I mean, I suppose somebody with money could set up a big, massive Mastodon server. Yeah, um, but, but really, that, it's, that's it's what it needs.
1: Something like that, though, doesn't it?
0: Well, then you get yeah. into the heart. But you see, this is the problem. Then we end up Who's controlling a, two, it. Well, a who's controlling it? And I have a lot of questions about the privacy. I actually saw someone on the, the Mastodon server which I've signed up to, which is actually the one Michael Doise set up, the yeah, iAccessibility.social. and that's the one I connected to. And oh, right. partly because I, I you know I know Michael and I feel comfortable connecting to that. I'm not probably going to do much with it. I'm just more intrigued to see how it works and kind of learn how the, the system works. And I know a lot of people have been concerned about accessibility. Uh, I've seen a lot of interesting tweets flying around. I have to say, I think as a disabled community, we sometimes have to be a little bit clearer when we talk about accessibility. Because what I don't want to do is go on to people and say, so are you blind or are you uh, you know, are you deaf, or what's what's your disability? Because when someone says it's not accessible, that could mean something very different to someone else. Um, oh yeah, you know, because for example, you know, I've got Meta Text, which is the Mastodon um, iOS app that I've chosen to use, which is actually yep. pretty decent. I mean, in some ways, it's quite nice. Gordon to use. recommended it. Gordon recommended that one. Um, yeah, and it's a really nice app. It actually works really well. Very easy to navigate. I mean, it's like Twitter of old, really. I mean, it's like the original Twitter. Uh, in that sense, but I have to say, I'm, the only bit I'm confused about is who I'm actually communicating with, who can see what, and as I say, that tweet that came out or the toot that came out the other day, um, don't like that at all. But that toot <laughs> that came out that said, um, you know, uh, whatever you do, you know, just be careful what you're sharing in private messages because, and this was from I guess Michael or, or whoever was in charge of the server, who said, look, I, I'm not going to read your messages, but just be aware that they're not encrypted. Um, and, and, you know, that's really? important to know. Yeah, because they're not. They're, they're just on the server. So I guess if, if someone was on a server, someone had a server. So the server admin could, could read Could them. just go and, yeah, can read your messages, yeah. So that's something right. to be, you know, I'm not, and I guess that's kind of okay because that's what it was built on. And again, we're trying to, we're trying to take well, no, a, a bike really. and turn it into a car. No, but we're trying yeah, to take well, something that wasn't, you know that was something and turn it into something else it's like can you just turn this into twitter please and it's not twitter it's mastodon so you know i think we've got to be fair to the people that actually spent the time setting this thing up this isn't what they set up to do they didn't set up to build twitter number two um it's just that people are jumping to it because it's the closest it seems the closest to it
1: but do we need it do we need a twitter
0: number two do we need a twitter number one (laughs) Mm. well there's a question That's a that's a bigger question for me, but I will say straddling two social networks. No thanks. Um, I I, I went on. I'm happy to cope with what I've got. Exactly. You know, I I I I feel you know I spent a lot of time on Twitter, probably more than I've done in a long time since this. I mean, and I'm not the only one. I know a lot of people are saying I've never been off Twitter or on Twitter as much in my life. Yeah, uh, Because yeah. I think most people are just intrigued to see what happens. But what what is funny is that on Mastodon, you have a bunch of people telling you how wonderful Mastodon is. And on Twitter, you have a bunch of people telling you how terrible Twitter is. Um, and that's pretty much the conversation <laughs> going on between the two at the minute. So hopefully that'll progress. Um, but I, I do think that it's uh, an interesting platform. I think it's good for groups. But again, I do fear the, sil- the silo and the, the the echo chamber. And I think that can work against us as a disabled community because frankly if the only voices we're hearing are our own and we're not getting out there to more fantastic. people fantastic yeah i agree i love that oh, yeah. no I just I want mean, to hear my I, own I, voice I, 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 and I don't, my own opinion i don't want to, don't want to hear me. a bunch of people just repeating the same stuff at me and we all just say oh yeah i agree and well, sounds like an easy doesn't life doesn't do anything yeah it's an easy life it doesn't doesn't do anything right you talk about changing things people talk about changing the world yeah. or you know yeah. making things better <laughs> being in the public square being public about our story that's more important i think than sitting in a group saying mm, isn't everything terrible which isn't going to achieve anything <laughs> okay fair enough um k writes in i can't understand why arx would be on the blind shell when the blind shell classic 2 already has Ira, and you can scan documents with google lookout that's a good point it's a uh, really but, good point actually uh, but it's 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 wearable it
1: That's is. the difference. That's it. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. That if is you it. find that more convenient, then it's better. If you don't, if you don't want to hold your phone out in front of you, um, then you know, ARX is the affordable. I'm going to put that in air quotes. Uh, affordable wearable option.
0: I've got to tell you, with the whole social media debacle, the temptation just to buy a blindshell classic too and be away from it because you can't get on it. So. Problem solved. <laughs> well, force yourself off it just, by just removing access. I've got to say, there's something well, in it. You can
1: this. just uninstall the app.
0: No, but that doesn't work. It just doesn't work <laughs> because you just install it again. You know, you do, and because you know your accounts, then you can get back on. You just, you just reinstall. It. I think there is something about. I mean, it's funny because I see a lot of people saying things like, "Oh, you know, they might have time. I'll claim back when I'm not on Twitter all day." And you're like, "Yeah, but you're not going to do that because you're just going to then you find something else to get addicted it to something else. Dice yeah. World." Six exactly. hours a day yes. Well how many people probably sit and play candy Crush all day? so yeah. you know we, we seem to be obsessed by addicted to these screens and um, and I see nothing wrong with that. Let me just say that nothing wrong
1: with that at all. we're always uh, addicted to something we've for, for throughout history we've been trying to fill time, no matter what it is. Uh, it just so happens now that we have uh, fantastic. Way to do that with smartphones <laughs> that we show each with other us on Twitter constantly, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, whatever it may be, you um, always want to fill the time. Thank you for that, Kay. Really appreciate that. Um, Camille Savar writes in from Saskatchewan. Where from Sean? Saskatchewan, yeah. <laughs> I've been there, you know, in Japan, lovely, right, okay. lovely place. Um, so lots of once- geese. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so once upon a time uh, like last July, says Camille, I was able to navigate the streets of Regina using the nearby Explorer online app. i been there. Yes, I know you have. Uh, today when I launched the app, all I hear is unknown. Oh, dear. Uh-huh. Now, I know that map for Saskatchewan has been successfully downloaded, as I can see it on the iPhone. I'm using an iPhone 8 running iOS 15.6. All I can think of is the updating from iOS 14 to iOS 15.6 broke the app. I enjoyed using Nearby Explorer since it used the OpenStreetMap, which are downloaded into the app itself. This allowed yes. me to navigate without having to connect to the internet. Unfortunately, Nearby Explorer is no longer supported. It has been replaced by the Good Maps app. Now, Good yes. Maps app does require internet access. I am retired and cannot justify spending $60 a month for a data plan for my local provider. Can you help? Another suggestion, maybe. I had once that Google Maps could be used, but it's very chatty, kind of like a certain Stephen Scott. What? (laughs) Uh, Great job, Sean. Sean of the Shed is the best. Double tap is okay. Smiley face. Camille from Saskatchewan. Uh, No thanks, Camille. (laughs) Um, Do you know something? This this topic is interesting to me because I was out the other day and we were trying to find a, a store and I used Apple Maps to do it and right. i thought well, it'll be fine and it, i had both airpods in and it was beeping it was doing this kind of bum i don't know why i didn't use soundscape to be honest because that would probably be the answer but it wasn't right. soundscape it was um it was apple maps but it was doing the same kind of thing just going ba-bum, 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 ba-bum. and i'm kind of expecting it to be directing me audibly right with the airpods in but oh, it wasn't so it wasn't. I don't know what it was doing because it wasn't when it was telling me to turn right. The beeps are still coming from directly ahead, so it wasn't like it was telling me to turn and it was giving me that audible instruction, which would have been yeah. brilliant. Um, and I vaguely remember us talking about something about the way that Maps works with VoiceOver to make it more, uh, you know, make it better for navigation. But it seems to me all these applications have got a problem in actually being able to navigate us on the ground. As walk as people who walk rather than people who are in cars, and I, 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 do, I do, what, what's the right answer to this? Is there a is, have, is there a super app that I'm missing?
1: Well, firstly, why is it sixty dollars a month for a data connection? That's what I would ask. Is there surely there must be a cheaper option? So, anyone in Regina there uh, that can help him out with a, a cheap data connection? Um, but uh, yes. So, why would that be? Uh, it, uh, Google Maps, you can download the local map and use it offline. Um, Now, how chatty something is is a personal preference, I think. I actually think Google Maps is quite good. I haven't used Apple Maps in the longest time because I just Mm. couldn't get on with it. So I would suggest try Google Maps. um, uh, Again, and as I said, you can download uh, an an app, uh, a map, I should say, an area, Specifically, I can't exactly remember how to do that now. I'll have to have a look. But hey, if any of our listeners can help out, then uh, email
0: and help us out. Yeah, or even just if Good Maps could be in, you know, some kind of local mode. I haven't used Good Maps because it,
1: yeah, Good Maps wasn't that useful over here in the UK. Uh, Yeah, it it wasn't supported, same as Nearby Explorer. So I haven't gone back to it. But I'm pretty sure, as Camille says, that it's um, you need the data connection. But maybe maybe not. So come on, at that as well.
0: feedback at doubletaponair.com. Help us out here. What are the best navigation apps you're using, or even ones you're finding that aren't annoying you particularly? Because that's maybe the best way to look at it. Which ones don't <laughs> irritate you? Because um, I'd, I'd really, I'd like to get a list together of, of some of the, the the ones that are really working out. So you know, you can you can jump in on that one. And what what were you looking for here? Are we looking for a turn by turn GPS or
1: something like Soundscape, which could you know just sort of you can use to navigate or know what street you're on and whereabouts you are and things like that? It's, there is a slight difference. Blind Square. Can you use that offline? Well, so
0: I, I, I know people who use multiple. I find that a bit difficult, but you know, you, you can. Some people can obviously listen to about fifty voices at once. I'm not. That's not really for me. Um, yeah. But I but I do think Soundscape is good, but I want that turn-by-turn navigation. I want to have the confidence to be able to turn and walk and know where I'm going and know I'm on the right path. I mean, I think the biggest yeah. issue for me is always setting off. You know, it's always like, which way am I walking here? As, as yes. you and I know in, in your town, right? When we tried to, you know, walk one way and then, you know, I was like, right, no, no, we're turning around and the blind train yeah, had to turn. Yeah, you walk for 200 feet before
1: it. No, that's the wrong way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, listen, Gordon writes in. Uh, he wants to talk about Ira for the PC, um, the desktop version. He said, I signed up for it and I found it relatively straightforward, although a couple of things didn't work too well with JAWS. Once set up, though, it's quite easy to make a call to an agent. There is, though, one big thing about this way of contacting Ira, which I hope they will change at some point. As a rule, I use my phone for contacting IRA for help. If I am at my PC, I generally call them because I'm having trouble with an inaccessible website and I need them to take control of my PC to carry out the task I'm struggling with. It turns out that IRA agents can't access your PC when you call them from your PC. They can see the screen and they can advise you what is happening, but they can't help you get past those inaccessible captures or input fields. If you want an IRA agent to physically take over your PC to overcome an accessibility issue, you still need to call them from your phone and use TeamViewer on the PC to let them log onto your PC. I do hope we introduce a take control function within this new app. I know Microsoft's disability help team can do this. If they need something done, they can send a message to your PC asking for approval to access your PC. It would be great if IRA could do the same. Gordon. Now, is really interesting. That is a problem at the minute. Um, however, it depends on how you want to do it. So when I use it, when I'm using it that way, um, they're able to share the screen. And often what they can do is they can see the, the team viewer details and then they just take control that way. So that's one way to do it. You don't necessarily have u- to connect up on oh, yeah. the phone.
1: That's using the desktop app, though. You don't have to use the app on the phone. You can They can do that through yeah, the Yeah, because they can, they can share app. the screen.
0: Yeah, So they can't do anything on the screen, but they can see it. And as long as they can, they can see, see it, yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. so if you can get Team Viewer open, then they can get the details from that. So that's one way of doing it. So it's it's kind of the same way of doing it. Um, yeah, it's not it's one kind of missing thing. You almost kind of wish they had that ability just to say, "Can we take control?" And you say, "Yes." Um, and I, I have a feeling that's not far off. But you know, they're building this as they go, and I think it is still in beta. I think that the whole desktop experience yes. is still in beta at this point. So. You know, clearly they're they're fixing it as they go. Um And, of course, you know, TeamViewer, which I have to say, TeamViewer, for me, I, I loaded it on my PC the other day. I couldn't get anything to read on it at all. Oh, no, and it's appalling. It is yeah, horrible at times. And Quick yeah. Assist is weird because, you know, you've got to make sure you... you know. See, I will tell <gasps> you... They've you, ruined it. Well, you know what? The thing about it is, if you're going to use the uh, the quickest this function right if you think at some point in in my lifetime on the pc i'm going to need someone to connect via this uh, this function please go and check that you've got the microsoft store version now because in the moment you need it <laughs> the last thing yeah. you want is to be going off and having to download it because for oh, some reason even oh. though it was built in now it's a separate application and you have to go and download that application. It tells you in the app, you know, when you open it up, it'll say, you have to go to the Microsoft Store and get this. So, OK, fine. But yeah. what a complete pain in the neck. Why can't they just have it built in like they did before? Yeah, it they totally ruined it.
1: Absolutely. But, I mean, with that, it did force us to try a few other things. We tried that Tandem for the first time.
0: <laughs> wow, yes. Uh, Jaws Tandem. That was, was that? Yeah. That was so cool. I had never used it before. I was, you know that way you kind of think sometimes some features of Jaws are just a bit beyond you and you think, oh, this is going to be terrible. But Actually. The
1: easiest thing in the world.
0: Brilliant. I was so impressed. And obviously the key factor there is that I'm able to hear your computer, which is what we need. Uh, now that may, that's not much use, I guess, to somebody who's, say, an IRA agent because they need to see your screen as well. There is a way you can see the screen, but it didn't seem to work for us. Um, but you know, for someone who's blind who wants to help someone else who's blind, brilliant. And we've used yeah. it a few times now, and it's really, really, really good. I um, also tried MVDA
1: Remote Assist as well, which was equally as well, not equally as good, slightly more, uh, slightly complicated, a little bit more complicated than Tandem, but it works as well for MVDA.
0: Yeah, we got it. We got it to work in the end. Um, so thanks for that, Gordon. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things. You know, Ira, I know, listen to this show. And the, the good people of IRA listen. So, you know, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure we'll get an email. I have a feeling an email is being typed as we speak. Someone, yes. in, someone has taken a fedora off and is yeah. writing an email as we speak. So I a hunch. Yeah, yeah. writing us a uh, email. Michael writes in: "Vo space will activate the item in focus. Vo shift space will click the mouse." Okay, so some context here. If you weren't listening, um, <laughs> this is where I was using VoCR and I was having problems with being able to activate. You know, buttons on the screen. So when I was doing the parallels demonstration or trying for the 15th time to do this parallels demonstration, I couldn't click any of the buttons. And then I learned VO shift space, which you're absolutely right, Michael. That is what clicks the mouse as opposed to activating the item in focus. Because I think in the, um, in VOCR, it's not, it's kind of working a little bit differently. You know, it's, it may look as if your voice over focus is moving, may sound that way, but it's not. Um, your voiceover focus is actually remaining in the the title bar of the window. And what's happening is VOCR is controlling the environment you're hearing, you know, using its own audio and everything else. Even though it's using the same voice and it all feels as if it's very similar. It's very clever. It's very clever. It's kind of working on its own. So that's why you need to use a different command to do that. Now he says, if you move the mouse to an element on the screen, um, VO command F5, um, that moves the mouse pointer to the voiceover cursor. Uh, then VO Shift Space will click the mouse. So that's if you wanted to, and and it wouldn't necessarily work in this case. But if you do ever have a situation where you want to be able to bring the mouse pointer over to wherever the voiceover cursor is, that's how you do it. And then VO Shift Space will click the mouse. So VO Command 5, to move the mouse pointer to the voiceover cursor, VO Shift Space clicks the mouse. And remember, as uh, Michael quite rightly says, and it's a really useful shortcut here, Remember, V, O, and K, voiceover and K, will put your voiceover in key learn mode. Now, what that means is that every time you press a key or a combination of keys, like V, O, K, or, well, not V, O, K, because that would take you out of key learn mode, but (laughs) if you use V, O, L, or V, O, A, or whatever it might be, then it will tell you what that command means. It won't activate it. It will tell you what it does, and it means you can learn voiceover that way. Um, V, O, now, what's this one? V, O, plus... um, Oh, that, oh yes we're talking here about a uh, vo plus and uh minus i guess we're talking about that's uh, the drag and drop i must admit i don't touch that one <laughs> I, well, I just don't get I, yeah. the whole drag and drop thing i know you can do it but i find it just a bit freaky um because i was going to, be <laughs> to drop something in the wrong place i just don't like it um but yeah lots of you get in touch with your keyboard shortcuts as well following our chat on that you need to get into this one sean because uh we had a lot of fun doing that episode talking about all the different uh, keyboard shortcuts. I can never shortcuts. remember them, though. Most of my keyboard shortcuts... write them down, that's what I did. Or just go so... Muscle you muscle know, memory just my Important
1: commands. And No, I didn't do that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's always great, though, to share them. I always learn something new that I didn't know before when, when we talk about keyboard shortcuts.
0: Listen, we're out of time. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for uh, joining me today, Sean. We will uh, get lots more tomorrow. And we'll, we'll get that demo done. VOCR Parallels is coming at you tomorrow. I promise sure. you, uh, Sean will make what? sure of it. He'll yeah, shout sh- sh- at me. Uh, otherwise right.
1: go at it go on okay. go off and fine. do it
0: fine uh, no we'll do it live we'll just do it live do it live here <laughs>
1: Yeah, that, it's not that difficult work well.
0: oh yeah it'll be a complete disaster <laughs> but do you know what it's well worth listening into right uh, so you want to hear me make a complete mess of things you'll look forward to tomorrow's episode uh, that's it for today though thank you so much for being involved as always keep in touch feedback at doubletaponair.com or call us one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. leave us a voicemail we'll catch you tomorrow for another double Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada watch The Pulse on YouTube, or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.